Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. And as you can see, I'm being flanked by the ace, the wrestling daily ace, Steph J. <laughs> the ace. Wow, Alex. Wow. I have to cool myself down after that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so are you saying I'm the Tanahashi of wrestling daily? I pretty much said that. I think, <laughs> I, mean, I think, you, you know, paraphrasing, I pretty much said it. Um, I'm <laughs> delighted to be sat alongside Steph Chase once again on another Thursday edition. You know what we do. When Steph's in the house, we talk about the Wednesday night shows that went down for AEW and NXT. And we answer your ultra chats and hot takes. If you've got a hot take, today is the day to get it in because we've got Steph Chase and her fan ready to go. <laughs> so uh, make sure WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Get them sent over and we'll have a crack at them, Steph. Yes, I'm very excited to hear what people have to say, especially after uh, another Wednesday Night War. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little, not, you know, no. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, I thought it was another good outing and another good closing angle. I mean, actually, what we'll do for the two Wednesday shows, I think it's fair that we start with both closing angles because yeah, that is understandably the hottest part of the show. Before we do that, I will do the usual reminder. Make sure you subscribe to Wrestling Daily. We've hit 9K, Steph. Wow. That's cool. I know. That is very cool. Nearly yeah. double figures. Yes, so nearly. We, um, you know, I think we were under eight when we moved to this channel. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. We've gained momentum quickly. Uh, so thank you to everyone who has subscribed and turned those notifications on. Make sure your support keeps coming. Uh, and before we get into the Wednesday nights, we're going to do what we keep doing lately. And that's the titular news. Now, Steph, we all mm -hmm. saw... What, what Fox uh, put up on Twitter yesterday. And it was yes. a very common thing in and amongst sort of uh, NBA, NFL. You know, it's where you have $15 to spend and there's tiers of the talent that you can acquire. Now, yeah. of course, what's there's a lot of difference between a real sport and attributing that to WWE. I can understand why Natalia in particular, who was $1 was not 
happy. What did you, what did you think of it all, Steph? Yeah, I wouldn't be happy if I was put down at one dollar either. Um, like if, yeah, if there was a journalist equivalent, right, and we were both in yeah. the one dollar thing, I don't know if I'd kick up a stink on social media, but I'm not gonna lie, I'd look at it and go, "Fucking hell!" Like one dollar. Do you know what I mean? You would. So yeah. So I don't like who made. The, I always wonder about people that run the uh, WWE uh, network. You know, like Fox WWE right, social yeah. media. Like, who is it? How much do they watch? But, yeah, I can see why she'd be offended, um, really. Yeah, but I've, I've never seen that for, like, a, a proper sport. So, I don't know. Is it more offensive if you're a footballer and they say you're only worth a dollar? Yeah, I mean, when they do it for the... Maybe, the go on. Well, I'm just not sure because is that more based on your skill, whereas this could be more based on the the booking and the perception that gives because if you're going by like natalia's booking i'm not saying it's worth a dollar but it's not she's not the strongest book person is she no not at all but you know in terms of cv she's got a lot on it you know that that you could say And, and normally when it comes to like nba or something it's like uh, I'm not going to like go through those NBA names because I'm assuming you're not a massive NBA fan, but yeah. it'll be people that have won like a lot of championships, for instance, right? So mm-hmm. I, I guess the only way you could make it relatable would be, you know, like they've got the four horsewomen obviously in the top tier um, and they've won a lot of titles. I guess yeah. that's how you do it. But I, I, I can definitely, you know, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, you know, people didn't kick up a stink when they did this for the men and all that stuff. But I was like, eh, I mean, you know, women have only come so far in like the last, yeah, I think people forget this sometimes, like the last five, six, seven years, right. That they've actually got what they really deserved. So I can understand that it still is a bit like sensitive to be like, well, you know, you're a dollar. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much, Steph. I don't know. Well, I don't know how anyone could not know that they've only um, got what they deserve in the last couple of years because they mention it all the time <laughs> there was something on the takeover yeah on the takeover commentary um that i think beth said about like the, the women's tag team titles where it was like where it was basically like she, like she's celebrating the fact they finally have them wasn't it? i forget exactly what she said but it just made me laugh and i thought should you really be saying that but you know that's the, the funniest thing about the women's revolution is how proud they are that it happened like 30 years after everyone else, uh, every yeah. other sport had a women's revolution. But oh, that what how nice from Mod Mother Jenna, um, pushing my YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a universal. Please help me get to a thousand. There you go. Look, yeah. everyone, everyone is everyone's out here trying to give uh, Steph the push. There you go. You're worth more than a dollar, Steph. Aren't oh, you? Happy? Thank you. <laughs> I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it, it's true as everyone is saying here. Um, yes, you should subscribe to Steph's YouTube. I, I, I'm going to say, Sarah, you know your, your Twitter game. You've gained a lot of followers the last week, right? You're on the surge. Yeah, definitely. That's coming close to 3k. So that's that's what I'm looking for there. I'm like less than 100 away from 3k. And you can see the handle yeah. top right. I always get that wrong. That top right. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so make sure you make your way over to there and get on uh, Steph's Twitter. I, I said this the other day on Twitter myself. Uh, she is going to be the go-to person, in my humble opinion, for all things AEW, be it reviews, interviews, news. So if you like AEW, and you should, you. make sure you hit up Steph. Uh, 
That's a lovely segue to talk about AEW, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> right? that's a lovely segue. <laughs> and, and now she speaks about yeah. AEW. <laughs> and this is what you could be getting. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about that main event angle first. Uh, I did say to Steph, and I said on Twitter earlier, I actually have an interview with Kenny Omega himself tomorrow that I'm super, super excited about and hoping... He doesn't totally kayfabe me, but I am very excited about it. Um, yeah. Do you think he's going to speak to you like he did to those children? Yes. Yeah, I think he will. Uh, and I'll deserve, <laughs> I'll deserve nothing more. Um, but I am super excited, man. And um, as we learn at the end of the show, exploding barbed wire deathmatch, Steph. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting to me. I don't know if you know, Alex, but I really enjoy hardcore violence and (laughs) 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 but like on the extreme end so yeah I'm excited for that I think it's it it was very unexpected um it's a very uh, such an interesting route to go like I don't think anyone expected him to say that um it it's so moxley as well but it was Kenny that that laid out the challenge um, so yeah, the revolution card now it seems um, mostly set, and it's a really good, exciting card. But and I do um, feel sorry for Renee having to watch that exploding <laughs> barbed wire death match. If it was my husband, I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I must say, uh, I'm, I, I've I've been thinking about my intro when when I speak to Kenny tomorrow. Do I say I'm here with WWE champion Kenny Omega? <laughs> I mean, he might not like it. Um, JR certainly said it. Uh, bless him. But yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, R- Renee, that does bring me on to a super chat from Matthew. And he says, hi, uh, hey, guys, just stopping by real quick. Has anyone checked in on Renee Young by any chance? I'm sure she wants her baby to have a dad, especially with this exploding barbed wire death match. God damn, someone's going to die. Anyway, missed you guys. Hashtag bang brains. That's Matthew McCoskey stopping by. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Um, Hope the new new job's going well, by the way. There you go. I don't think anyone's going to die, thankfully. (laughs) But I do think someone might have a good excuse to go away for a bit if he wants to take a little bit of a Seth Rollins-style break. And I think the match, because, you know, it feels like Moxley kind of has to win, but he can't win because Kenny is in this big, big storyline and everything's around Kenny. So a match of this, this extreme gives Moxley a good out to lose because Kenny also has so much backup as well. So I think it's all, it's clever and it's definitely something that's going to grab people's attention of what this will look like because that kind of match has never been done on this big a scale in this mainstream of promotion in america so it's going to be very interesting yeah i'm I'm super curious and and i think for the kenny omega character to be able to say he beat john moxley who's like the purveyor of violence yeah. to say that he beat him in this setting would be huge for him as well so yeah i i, I think there's a lot of different um connotations that come with it but to me, the most outright interesting thing is just what they're going to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, yeah. this is going to be ridiculous. And um, I can't remember what, I think it was the first AEW event, maybe, or the second one, right? And it was, like, pretty violent, um, mm-hmm. the head chair shot. And then I remember 
there was the whole blood and guts thing and um uh tony khan was saying you know maybe we're not gonna go that violent again but you can't you know with a match like this it's got to be balls to the wall and i and you just know this is what gets me extra excited i just know that john moxley and his mental mind is going to do some crazy stuff oh yeah absolutely it's going to be so interesting to see what he has planned and i guess with it i i myself have never set up an exploding barbed wire death match but <laughs> i guess outdoors is kind of perfect for all for this um you know for explosions going off and all that like i'm sure we'll we'll talk a bit about it but think of um the great explosions they had just for a baby gender reveal announcement <laughs> what are they going to do for an actual match where all this happens yeah. you know i, I mean when, when is um renee due does anyone know this roughly like, i feel like it's got to be soon ish is it summerish? Like, maybe I don't know. I mean, I, if anyone in the chat could let us could let us know, because I don't really have time to Google it now. But um, I, I'm just wondering if it's maybe a little early for him to go away. But then I guess we're near March, and she's probably around the what six month mark, maybe. So maybe. I, I'm well, obviously doing stuff on my head, so I could be way wrong and way out. But um, I don't know. I, I would be. You're right. It'd be the perfect out. To, you know, if you're going to go away, probably an exploding yeah. match is, is the way to do it. Um, I know he's got blood sport on Saturday as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's going up against Davy Boy Smith, Harry Smith, whatever you want to call him, uh, British Bulldog son. That is on Saturday. So that's interesting. He's got a lot coming up, obviously. By the time this match takes place, we're in early March. Yeah, it might line up. It might. Mm-hmm yeah yeah it might like i don't know if we actually know you know when we know when we find out but we don't know when she actually sure how far know, along she was yeah. So, yeah yeah it could be anytime so yeah but it's it's exciting like it, it's very exciting what, what did you make of the main event uh anyway because i very much am a fan of pretty much every man involved in yeah. that match uh you know uh, lance archer i think has has shone in recent weeks wraith phoenix just every single week seems to blow, blow people away 2021 has started really hot for him i wouldn't be surprised to see him enter that upper echelon world title picture before the year is through uh and then you've got butcher and the blade uh, alongside eddie kingston who you know the mad king is the mad king right like it's just yeah. i mean what what did you make uh, of that before we got to the kenny omega and good brothers uh, end of it well firstly i thought that earlier in the show eddie's promo about the match and his kind of justification of where it came from was was really really great you know why so good he's so so good i just i just want him and pat mcafee to meet and argue with each other <laughs> uh, anyway yeah. and Jay White, just a three-way on the mic going ah yeah, yeah <laughs> it'd be so good um yeah but i thought the match was really good ray phoenix he just impresses so much there's such a a singles run to be had there i think lance archer has i feel like he's really found his place maybe for the first time. And mm. I actually, it's hard to, I wouldn't have thought this, but he kind of works better as a, someone more on the, on the good side, you know? Right. I thought he that. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that either, but I, I agree. Yeah. And also Jake does as well. Like Jake 
you know, kind of just like smiling, like partly alongside him is better actually than Jake trying to go into the sinister stuff, which is obviously what he, he came up doing. But, you know, now I think he's, he's Lance and Jake just fit in more with this little team. And uh, it's nice. But, yeah, Kingston is just great, as always, as well. I felt a little sorry for Lance because, obviously, there was a lot that he couldn't help last year in terms of COVID and, like, that robbed a lot of time. And then Jake was ill as well. And, like, obviously, he just he just couldn't get going. And he had such a hot start. But uh, it does feel like he's regained his footing now and in a role that maybe people didn't expect. So, I'm you know, I'm enjoying that. For, for Ray Phoenix, I feel like that man... Like, every opportunity he has on TV, he makes the most of, right? Every match that he's in, he's going to make you remember that he was in that match, that, you know, that he did something special. Um, I just feel like he's seizing every opportunity at the moment. So, I know Mox and Omega is the main story, but there's a lot of stuff coming out of it, like the, the ascension of all the talent we just named and Eddie Kingston and his his tribe. So, I, man, I, I just feel like if you're looking at... If I'm trying to, like, load the bases and say what you're trying to achieve. Like, how often do you say that in WWE where it's like, okay, oh, but they're trying to get this person over. It feels like yeah. when you look at that main event angle, there's like something going on for everyone and everyone's stock is rising. I think it's really underestimated how good AEW are at doing that. Yeah, I, th- I think it's totally underestimated as well. It's not something that we see in, in WWE. I mean, try and work out how they're trying to elevate each Elimination Chamber person. Uh, Let's yeah, not get into right. Elimination Chamber again. Because like <laughs> WWE, it's often like one at a time almost. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, we're yeah. pushing this person now. So, you yeah. know, they don't seem to craft stories where multiple people... I mean, it's not that they don't. They do, but like they don't do it on a consistent basis, in my opinion, like AEW do. Yeah. This is more kind of... Um, like attitude or a booking where everyone has a storyline, everyone has something to do. And if you end up kind of in multi and and the multi-man thing, like we saw last night, is very New Japan style as well. You know, putting mm-hmm. teams against each other where everyone does have something going on and it and it makes sense as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Before we go back to the start of Dynamite, we'll just talk about the closing segment quickly of NXT because I'm not going to go into it too deeply because I know it's been covered on different channels and a lot of people know by now. But a lot of people thought that Kyle O'Reilly had a seizure at the end yeah. of NXT, right? And it's a very serious thing to, to say because he, he is diabetic, right? So people were worried like, oh, my God. Uh, turns out Ryan Satin came out. He'd spoken to people back there and that wasn't the case. He was just selling really well um mm-hmm. and apparently the bump that he took at the end you know people fans at ringside were like speculating that he was legit knocked out and they were the ones who started the seizure rumor so it basically don't put too much stock into that he's fine everything's good yeah. he's, he's tweeted today as well and let everyone know so but uh we were just sort of celebrating the AEW main event angle, and I've got to do the same for Undisputed Era. I like what they're doing at the moment, and Adam Cole kind of turning the dial. He's kind of officially the dark side now. Kyle is officially the good guy, and then you've got Roddy uh, and Finn Finn Balor, of course, as well, is kind of straddling that middle line, but evidently Cole has got him in his sights as well. So I think that's a very interesting scenario that's unfolding in front of us there. Yeah, so when I was watching Takeover and the Adam Cole turn happen, I that I did get legitimately shocked like about that, and I did actually like jump <laughs> and scream watching it. Um, and WWE doesn't make me do that often at all. I do wonder if it's maybe just a little too late because we undisputed era have been going on for so so long and i guess that's why it's happened but they felt so um stale for quite a while but now we've got this happening but throwing balor in that mix as well does kind of you know freshen it a bit but it it is maybe it could potentially be one of the most exciting angles nxt has had in a long time yeah pr- pretty much since Champa Gargano, maybe when it was red hot. That's probably the best I yeah. can I can say. Like if they get this right, and Kyle is made to be the big baby face that we all know he can be. And for those who, you know, let's say you only watch NXT or AEW and you're not aware of the history, like they've kind of done this before with Cole and O'Reilly in the Ring of Honor, and it ended up on Wrestle Kingdom. Um, amazing. So you definitely should get excited about the prospect of them doing it on this big stage. Um, I imagine it ends with cole leaving town like do you know what i mean just because he's done everything whether he departs with the rest of the undisputed era leaving kyle behind to have his main event run i don't know i i i have to imagine at some point like every great stable they'll get back together and probably on the main roster you would imagine they've done everything pretty much you can do in nxt that's why we are we are where we are right like you had to you had to really um what do you think like, do you think the direction is Cole main roster as a heel with the guys and Cole left behind, or have you got different ideas? Um, I think Cole definitely has to get out of NXT. 
um, I know like there is some speculation is it, it is he actually getting out of WWE, which would be even better for him. But <laughs> if not, like, uh, yeah, I would see Cole coming to the main roster. I don't know what his chances are of making it on the main roster. They should be high, but uh, I don't. I don't have much faith. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you know, if he leaves behind um, Lottie, I think Lottie, not Lottie, sorry, Kyle. Kyle is due a good singles run. I think he did do a good job on NXT of of playing the babyface and being like the, a sympathetic guy that has just been totally turned on by his friends. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's just, there's no place for Cole in NXT, especially with Balor there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think he'll be around much longer. I think after you have the long run that you had with a promotion like NXT, it's very hard to go anywhere else after that. Do you know what I mean? Like he's been there so long. Yeah. Then you have the mammoth title run and it's like, okay, well, like what next? And that, that kind of feels like what they've been doing with him ever since he lost it. It was like, you know, he's been kind yeah, of tre- it, treading a bit yeah. of water, really. They didn't have a plan for him, did they really? But also if you bring him up to the main roster and you don't automatically insert him in the title picture, like, what does that say for someone that was a champion so long in your other yeah. brand? Like, like, if he comes up and does nothing, um, and he's, like, intercontinental level or worse, it's that's kind of an indictment on NXT, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think for Cole, like, you'd, you'd ideally give him the Finn Balor treatment where he's up there, immediately a title picture, right? And hopefully, obviously, the same result, yeah. but not the injury. Um <laughs> But my, you know, I have concerns. I hate saying things like this because it's still such a WWE mindset. But like, if he faces, say, a Braun Strowman, I have very little faith that Vince McMahon will be like, "Yeah, Adam Cole over Braun Strowman." And, and I have no sucks. faith. <laughs> yeah, and that sucks to think that way. It really does. But um, because I know in my mind who I want to see win there, and I know who I want to watch wrestle, and that's no disrespect to Braun. But at the same time, I just know from that WWE kind of my, you know what I'm saying? It like it's very little chance of someone his size. If Finn Balor couldn't after that initial stint, then like what? Basically, what hope does anyone really around that that region have? It's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating. I wouldn't get any hopes up with uh, Adam Cole. I think people like Braun Strowman are always going to be their favorites. Adam Cole is a Fifteen dollar wrestler that will probably get treated like a one dollar wrestler. Ah, oh, there it is. There you go. Don't say we don't talk about the title on this show. There it is, <laughs> right there. Uh, let's circle back to Dynamite. Um, I, I caught, you know, first thing this morning. I was up with my kids, made them watch it. Um, although they don't know. <laughs> what did they think? What did they think? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Harper. So Harper's my oldest, right? So she kind of understands what's going on. Um, yeah. So like every match, she was like, "Who's got the belt?" And I was like, "Well, you know, there's there's not a belt yeah. in every match." And she's like, "Well, you know, she she wants clean finishes, right?" Um, but my youngest and, she, and gold it appears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's very driven by gold. Um, Is but, there anyone that uh, she's particularly drawn to? She likes Hangman. She likes him, right? So that we, doesn't surprise me at all. He's, yeah, so that, that was like the yeah. first. Obviously, it was the first match, so it was the first thing that I put on. And I was watching it and um, she was getting into it just because I was. And she was like, uh, he obviously, he went to do the buckshot on Matt and Matt ducks. But just to flip into the ring, she was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's kind of what yeah. he does. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, see, Hangman is going to be the biggest baby face in this company one day. Like, even the yeah. kids get it. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Um, I, yeah. I, uh, so just to kind of get into that, right? My light is going crazy. Come on now. Chill out, light. Um, he, I, I, I liked it. You know, look, I saw a lot of people kind of being like, the contract and all of this stuff. But uh, I, I kind of liked Hangman outsmarting Matt and that you know it's leading to a match that's fine by me keep we, we've said this on the show the other week Steph you've got to keep him busy with interesting stuff I'm intrigued to kind of watch what he can do with Matt Hardy I think that's the way I would phrase it what can Hangman do with Matt Hardy um but this match as well was was fine to get going I, I like TH2 as well so um I felt like it kept things moving nicely and the closing angle I loved negative one being the one who's like, yeah, get down there. Like um, sending the reinforcements for Hangman. I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I went through many emotions at the end of this uh, segment. Firstly, like last week, um, maybe not in this show, but certainly on my own, I'd been saying, I hope Hangman had a spare contract and it and it was in reference to Brody Lee. Yeah. So I was very happy when he's when he said that that you know that he, he people told him to always keep some some extra papers. I thought that was very cool. Um so yeah, when he switched that contract because I was thinking about that that kind of always made sense to me. Um but yeah, I was wondering what Matt, you know, what he had. I I never thought of a match I thought, you know, maybe something to get um, private party out of their contract. Or, so I'm so into this that I went back and watched Old Being the Elites to see if Brody ever handed Matt, uh, handed Hangman papers to see if it was maybe like a Dark Order thing. But anyway, that was my deep research. <laughs> and anyway, look, the little reference is enough, but it was great. Yeah, so then, you know, when he, the Dark Order came out to help, I was just there, like, on the verge of tears, being like, it's his friends. They still love him. Yeah. I love the and little then, relationship between Hangman and the Dark Order. It's I love my favourite thing. And then when uh, I just, you know, went so, so aggressive against Matt Hardy, I was like, yes, he deserves that. Because the Valentine's card... Uh, it's just it's so great, but I'm I'm deeply into the relationship between Hangman and the Dark Order. So I, love it. I was an emotional wreck at the end of this match. The, the little smile that Hangman flashed the Dark Order—it was so good, so so good. I love all that stuff. So so good. Yeah. Oh, and I, I love that. Like negative one is kind of like he's not in charge but he was out there you know telling them to go and help hangman and he knows how how special hangman is i just love that like the dark order i think represent the whole aw fan base we love hangman so mm. much and we just want him uh, you know to be like great and at the top so much and I think we as fans what we're looking for is him and Kenny you know being like the eventuality and he's not ready to to go there yet and I think the whole Dark Order relationship with Hangman is like a metaphor the fans relationship with Hangman I'll shut up now um, <laughs> <laughs> too deep <laughs> I haven't written any fan fiction yet, but I'm highly considering it. <laughs> Good parlay, yeah. I uh, 
I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I, I've been huge on Hangman for a while. I love that Negative One like says something in the Dark Order, like, yeah, you're damn right, we'll do that. Like, I, I love it. Um, but the next thing that we saw there, which I do want to touch on, was the Inner Circle promo. And the, I, t- I love the chemistry between Jericho and MJF, right? So yeah. Jer- Jericho, like, and we talked about this the other week as well, how we were like, well, it better make sense where Jericho is like not stupid. And that's like, it's like the first thing they addressed where Jericho was like, you are much to blame for this. But then he kind of goes, but who's more to blame is Sammy. And MJF goes, yeah, 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 damn right. And Jericho goes, shut up. <laughs> like, shut up. Just the way that he shuts him down. And, and MJF always does shut up when Jericho tells him, yeah. which, I, I, which I love. Um, it's just little things like that. And, you know, Ortiz, Santana getting to speak to. I just felt like, even though it wasn't like the longest promo, just the little interactions between Jericho and MJF are still so key. Like that story, almost much to my surprise, is ticking along nicely. Even though at first, I guess I thought it might have been too soon, but I'm coming around to it now, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's definitely ticking along nicely. I thought it was good that Jericho acknowledged that this is MJF's fault. I feel like when he said that Sammy was dead to him, I feel like he doesn't mean that. And he's just being in anger. And really, he just wishes that he had Sammy back and that he maybe never hooked up with MJF because it's it's cost him a lot and it's probably set to cost him more. But yeah, it it was a nice little promo there. And they definitely addressed the the stuff, um, you know, because even MJF said, uh, why would I record you if there is a camera? Which mm. is what we were wondering. Yeah, uh, like I said, they did everything that we hoped they would last week. So mission accomplished on that. Uh, Rio and Serena Deeb. Uh, you know, I thought again. Listen, uh, you obviously you weren't here, but I talked. I talked about it with SP3 the other day. I loved the Japanese side of the bracket. I would do because Yuka Sakazaki is my woman. Um, but uh, for this, I thought again. I know we've already had Thunder Rosa. Uh, progressing and she'll meet the winner. I thought this was great. Uh, a real technical affair. A lot of it was heavy on Serena Deeb's knee, of course. That played a big role in how the match was going. And uh, and I was all for the kind of like, not I don't want to call it a surprise win, but it was like a sudden win, right? The way that Rio scored the pinfall. Uh, it seems like everybody loved this match, which is another great step for AEW that everyone is loving the work in this tournament. Yeah, I thought this was the best match on Wednesday night on any promotion. Uh, these two women, it was great. It was great to see Rio back. And once you saw her in the ring, you realized why we missed her so much. And it, it's an unusual pairing because with Serena being the NWA Women's Champion and Rio being the first AW Women's Champion, it is hard to pick who to lose. But I think they worked in reasons for Serena you know, losing well and I think it can lead to a good rematch after this tournament as well where it could still go either way maybe give Serena her win, win back but yeah the women's tournament's been great so far I love the Japanese side um it I, I knew that all the women that we'd already become familiar with in AW would go over but it really showed us some other great people I thought um Venny was awesome and Makito that everyone's talking about hey, as well, well. Really mm. good, really good. And Excalibur did such a great job in commentary. I don't know oh. how much Excalibur gets paid, but he's worth every penny because everything he does is so good. I th- I've said this for a long time now. Like, it, obviously, like Jr. and Tony are like the names, but to me, Excalibur is yeah. the guy. Uh, you know, you, there's yeah, a. I don't want to say it too strong, but there's an argument to be said. 
he is either the best or or like in the conversation in the business right now. I think that's a yeah. reasonable thing to say. Yeah, I, for me, it'd be a really hard toss-up between Excalibur and, and Kevin Kelly, but I, I enjoy the AW commentary so much. I know that JR can make an occasional slip-up, but I think that the way... It, it's just good, and they seem like they have a good time together. And the, mm. there was a point where I would be watching Raw and SmackDown on mute because I could not take the commentary. It was just men fighting with each other, and yeah. it was so, so irritating. Like, I do not want to hear Corey Graves having an argument with anyone else in commentary. It's so yeah. awful. It's so bad, but I, the I prefer, um, great. Sorry, I prefer Samoa Joe and Tom Phillips to Graves and Cole. I much prefer the Raw duo, um, and I think Byron Saxon has improved, but uh, I do miss Mauro from NXT. I, I quite like that passion, and that leads me to JR, who you just mentioned. Yeah, he does make slip-ups and stuff. I still feel like in big moments... He, he brings something that like no other commentator can. I don't know whether that's my nostalgia talking, um, but I still yeah. feel like he can sell a big moment really well. And WWE's problem, more to the point you just mentioned about, you know, color and play by place arguing all the time. I feel like they kind of, they want to recapture the dynamic and the magic of King and JR at the height of the Attitude Era. But those two did it so well. I don't think it's like a formula that you just replicate. It's, but like, you know, you could try, but I do feel like those two were particularly magic together. And you could argue haven't been as magical with anyone else since. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think when it comes to JR, um, we all have great, well, those that were watching at the time, we have great childhood memories of JR, especially attitude era memories of JR. And then some people like me saw him in recent years, like the work he did in, in New Japan was not the best. And then, but there's so many people that JR's voice is so recognizable too. And he, he does work well in big moments. Like I I know a man who has not watched wrestling since 1999. And he, wow. every time, <laughs> yeah, every time he sees me says JR lines to me and they have stuck with him. Like, you know, he's broken in half. Like, that's literally just how he talks to me in JR lines. And <laughs> there's a lot of people out there like that, that just, that there's something about some things that JR says that just stick in your head. And, and he does have that. And, and I'm sure like that's why Tony brought him on. For those people that might be channel flicking, like, is that the voice of Jim Ross? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is someone going to fall off a cage? Like, yes. how I feel about him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, that's that's very fair. Uh, oh, I love Maki Ito, but now, but not, I assume, as much as I love Steph Chase. There you go, Russell Scott. Oh, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> yeah. ah, fan yourself down. Uh, let's keep moving through Dynamite. Of course, we had Orange Cassidy uh, basically picking up a win over Lufa. That it was what it was, Steph, right? Just getting Orange Cassidy a win on TV. It was what it was. I don't have anything to say about that match other than I keep saying Luther has the best voice in pro wrestling, and he does. His speaking voice. <laughs> Listen <Yes>. to him. <laughs> yes, but there you go. Orange Cassidy. Uh, I think it was just a way to keep him ticking over. Next, it was Sting getting powerbombed by Brian 
Cage. Now, this has been a big stir. I, I mean, I don't know why it's been a big stir on Twitter, really. Like, I, a lot of people were like, oh, you know what they're doing? He's about to have a match, guys. Like, if he's if he's not good to go, then what do you expect? This is what's going to be happening. You want to watch him wrestle? This is what's going to happen. Um, you know, if you don't want to watch him wrestle, cool. But I think it was just a way to show that he can. Really, uh, that that was the whole purpose of the segment. Brian Cage, by the way, who looked like he actually laid that power bomb in pretty pretty well. Um, I wonder, like, he must have been a bag of nerves before he picked him up and, and slammed him down. He must have been. You know, what this is one hundred percent just done for for Twitter to to have that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Sting took a power bomb. He can go because uh, everyone was thinking that Sting was going to have some sort of. Boneyard style cinematic match where it might just be a lot of him walking about, but it seems not. It seems Sting is going to take a power bomb. I was extremely shocked by this, just that they laid him out with that power bomb, and I was also pretty scared. And when it happened, my first thought was, I hope that's an imposter Sting, like <laughs> one of the WCW imposter Stings. Like yeah. please, but it wasn't, and. You know, Steve Borden can take a power bomb, so let's see. <laughs> and the best part of the whole thing was Hook, Hook getting in there with the bat. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, like it, I, I didn't think I ever really wanted or needed to see Sting wrestle again. Like I'd, I'd made peace with it, if that makes sense. Like when he retired, <laughs> I was just like, all right, well, it's not going to happen again. It sucks, but okay. But if he's good to go, if he's healthy. Great, you know, like I, I don't get yeah. these people that are like, oh, you know, they shouldn't be doing that to him. Like, he's not being forced. <laughs> like, Tony Khan is not like, you better get out there, Steve, or you know, you're gonna flunk your mortgage. Like, come on. Uh, he's it, not, the thing is, like, he's the most opposite of being forced of anyone because yeah. he did not need to do this at all. Not at all. I'm surprised <laughs> they did. I would have thought they would have left it for the match for us to wonder, like, oh, is he gonna? But in fact, the, the way they've done it now is like, Jesus Christ, what are they going to do in the match? Because like, Sting's yeah. taken power bombs. So now I'm even more interested. So in that regard, uh, for me, it worked. But I did see a, a divided opinion on Twitter, which to be expected, I guess. Of course, it's the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz. I saw a lot of people believing that Santana and Ortiz were going to win this match. That was uh, that was the common census. Uh, well, you thought that too, right? Yeah. Well, I hedged my bets, but I really thought it made sense to happen, and it's what I wanted to happen. Then, when they did not come out in the main event, I said it's not going to happen. Yeah, you knew. Yeah. You knew right there. Uh, I mean, as yeah. far as that match goes, Steph, like we've, we've said this before, Santana and Ortiz could be doing so much more than just a part of a stable. And once again, you know, it was it was a good match, you know, very good match. And of course, it's, you know, Kenny Omega and Good Brothers and Don Callis and whatnot kind of playing a role uh, in the aftermath. But I still thought it was a nice outing for Santana and Ortiz. I'd like to see them... Yeah. in that picture more to be honest and, and it's good for young bucks too their title reign i think needs 
these matches because it does kind of feel like um, it maybe hasn't hit the heights that a lot of us would have liked thus far. Yeah, it feels like they haven't had that many title matches and they've kind of more given them to like lesser known teams. So matches that aren't that big that kind of seem a bit throwaway TV matches. So this felt like one of the biggest matches they've had in their reign, but really great match. I thought Pride and Powerful showed themselves very well. I think they need it to because you kind of forget how good they are as a tag team with the booking. And I think they should be more in there in the title picture. And yeah, I would have loved to see them win. I really think that Jericho and NJF will win the titles and maybe they'll get their shot then. Yeah, I do. I do too. Uh, just to quickly finish off AW because we do what we always do here. Um, FTR defeated the Seidels uh, in a match too. Um, not, I mean, it was it was fine. It was good is what I would yeah. call it. Obviously, it wasn't like a classic or anything, but I, I thought it was, you know, it was good to see FTR back on TV. Yeah, it was fine. To be honest, during this match, I was frantically writing a story about Cody and Brandy having a girl. And then <laughs> I didn't feel like any great need to go back and watch it. So, yes, it, it was fine. Fine. Mm, you didn't miss much. Uh, Mark Mullo says, Don Callis is Canadian too, is he not? Does anyone know? Everyone knows, Mark. Everyone yeah. knows. He's yeah, from Winnipeg. He's from Winnipeg, Yeah. You know, Kenny Omega. Don Callis. <laughs> Everyone knows about the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Collective. Come on now. Um, yeah, they, the Winnipeg Collective is what truly runs the wrestling world. It, it secretly, it really does. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, if you think about the last decade, hmm, actually, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, let's get to some Ultra AEW Ultra Chats. This is a good time to remind you guys, obviously, with 20 minutes left in the show. If you have a hot take for Steph, please do get the Ultra Chat in. And we'll make sure it's read out before the end of the show. Hot takes on AEW, NXT, whatever you like. Make sure you get them into us. Uh, so, Mark Board. Hi, uh, from Mark from south of Canada. He keeps switching up uh, where he's from. Last night was a good night for women's wrestling as the weekly AEW match was a great one as Serena makes everyone look better. Hard agree. Uh, on NXT, on NXT, Big Mummy Cool is going to be a star. Plus, Zoe Stark looked great. Alas, poor Casey. Uh, mm, poor Casey, indeed. Uh, you're right, though. Zoe Stark did have a good debut. Did you catch it, Steph? Yeah, I did. I thought she looked really well. And um, I think it's exciting to have another good addition to the uh, NXT women's roster. As if they don't have enough. I mean, they were putting over um, on commentary and whatnot, like, the main thing I took away from Zoe Starks was she's intense. She's got intensity. Like they must have said that like six times. I was just like, all right. Um, but yeah, she does, she does look like she can go. And that, that yeah. just makes it, you know, there's lots of women in that division who can go. So man, you know, just give them time. That's it. That's all you got to do. Give them time. And let them what I liked about um, women on NXT this week was when Shayna and Naya came out and there was a chant for Shayna, and Shayna is my favorite woman in WWE. She was my favorite woman in the whole world, but I have actually deflected and gone with Thunder Rosa as now my favorite in the whole world. So, but I was really happy to see Shayna get some love because she's the best. I have like too many. I've got like Sasha, Thunder Rosa, Yuka. Like, there's too many. There's just too many. Um, Casey. Casey is there. You know, she needs to do a bit more to be there, but she, she's getting there. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I love the love. Like when Shayna first came up, and I, I was very critical of the whole way that they booked her elimination chamber. Didn't like it, right? I just felt yeah. like, and I've said this before, it's one thing to make someone, but they were just making her to face Becky. The same way they've yeah. done with Lacey Evans prior, and Becky obviously beat them both. That helps nobody. You could beat, you could, you know, you could uh, book Shayna Strong and build her up, and then organically you've got a big match rather than just trying to make someone feel like they're worthy to face someone. I never agree with that. I never think it works when you just make someone to make someone else. And I really feel like she spent a lot of 2020 recovering from that stuff. You know what I mean? Like after WrestleMania, she was really trying to find her way again. They didn't really have much for her and they absolutely should have. Um, and then again, she gets put with Nia Jax and Nia is more protected than Shayna. And again, I'm getting frustrated. Like, man, Shayna Baszler is much more than this. But I retain hope that Shayna Baszler versus Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler versus Oscar, the matches are there. Hopefully when she breaks away, when this tag team eventually does end, it's going to be her time. I don't know when, but there is a massive, massive run waiting for Shayna Baszler. There really is. I wish I shared your optimism. But <laughs> well, I, I made it think, there, whether she gets wish, it or not. Yeah. I, uh, I did. I, I think that she, she, to me, she's amazing, and she's exactly what I want to see. But I don't think that WWE have that same um, faith in her. This, uh, I, I, I hate, I hate to be this guy again. Do we think it has anything to do, and I'm, again, trying to look through a Vince McMahon lens here, which is an awful lens, her age and the fact that she's not like a Mandy Rose, do you think that works against her? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's so unfortunate that, like, I wish she would leave and do because, I mean, dream match, Shina Baszler versus Thunder Rosa would be so great. But, yeah, I, I just don't think that she's, like, what WWE want to market, if you know what I mean, and that's that's unfortunate, and that's why she's been putting the the tag team with Nia. Yeah, I mean, technical. I'm just thinking of, of Shayna and Thunder Rosa. It's like a technical masterclass waiting to happen. But um, yeah, I, I I hope she gets her due. I really do. Um, may, maybe it needs Triple H to put some kind of foot down that he can't. But yeah, <laughs> either, either way, you know. I feel sorry for her. There's a lot of talent there, for sure. Uh, Mark Mullow says, Good afternoon, Alex and Steph from Ontario, Canada. Okay. Uh, I hope you're both safe and well. Given that it's Matt Hardy versus Adam Page at Revolution in a money match, have there been any of these types of matches in the past in any big promotion? Without doing research, I'm going to assume there's been some money connotations with the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, yeah. You know, he used to buy um, titles and stuff. And people. Yes, he did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, illegally, I'm sure. But yes, he did bite people. Um, I don't know if there's because I don't know. Like, in, I don't think the way they've done this probably not. Like, it's for the first quarter earnings. I think. Yeah, if I heard that right. And I don't ever recall hearing someone do it like that. So I guess it's yeah. a fresh, a, a fresh take. Either way you look at it. Um, yeah. let, go on, go on, Steph. No, I was just going to say, yeah, there's been like cash prizes and stuff, but this is more uh, an exact thing. So, yeah, I think it is a, a new new idea. So, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon took on the way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell once uh, again. Moon and Blackheart, they got the win. 
uh, over the way. And I know there was kind of some shenanigans at the end where Gargano brought Theory out on stage and it was weird. But uh, the match itself, what do you think, Steph? I I thought it was fine, but it felt like just a background thing to mm. Theory and, and Gargano. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it didn't like set my world alight or anything. It, it was fine. But, yeah. but following this match, you know who appeared, don't you, Steph? It, <laughs> it was Patrick. <laughs> Patrick McAfee was back. Uh, and he was Hello. mocking everyone, as he always does, in a pre-taped interview from a private jet. And he was saying, you know what? I was always right about Adam Cole. He was right. He's right about everything. Um <laughs> I mean, he's not the best thing to happen to wrestling, as he said, but he is the best thing to happen to WWE wrestling. And lucky him going off to the beach. Yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think we'll see him back in the near future uh, now that Very Super, soon, I Super, think. Super Bowl and all that is out of the way. Uh, next, we had Leon Ruff getting the upset victory over uh, Swerve Scott. Uh, what's interesting about Leon Ruff is that he can't actually get a whim about them going, what an upset! Like, so, I don't know what his ceiling really is in NXT. Um, <laughs> I just watched this and thought, all of you people that when he won that North American Championship that were like, oh my gosh, the dudes that with Leon Ruff. Wow, what a story. This is where we're at. He's now just got... An upset win over Swerve Scott, like this, the former North American champion, it's an upset. Wow. That's why you shouldn't have faith in these things. If you had faith that this was the huge elevation of Leon Luff when he won that title and not nothing more than a joke to further Gargano and Priest, yeah. then you're I mean, very mistaken. I thought it was cool for Leon Ruff. I, I don't think I ever thought it was going to be the giant launch pad. Do you know what I mean? But I, I thought, you know, okay, cool for him to get that spot. But I don't, I mean, really, what is it an upset victory over Swerve Scott? Like, what's he been doing lately? Like, I, I, I like, thought I hadn't seen him in ages when he came out. Like, I mean, why can't they just be like a big win? You know, a big win is better than yeah. an upset win. Like, it makes it sound like, like, if he... Who's he meant to beat then? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the bar for who he should be beating on the? I, to me, Leon Ruff still is like to watch in the ring. He's a talented guy. He's very talented, very athletic. Like, it's just his size that they're always like, oh, what an up, you know, an upset. I just feel like don't hand don't handicap the guy. You know, give him a chance. Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, ran over for Leon Ruff. Um, moving along on the NXT card, we had Casey Catanzaro. And Caden Carter taking on Aaliyah and Jesse Kamia. Uh, of course, Carter and Catanzaro did pick up the victory here, but really it was all about Zia Lee um, because this match wasn't really anything, Steph. No, it wasn't anything at all. I think we were all watching it going, I wonder if Zia Lee going to come out. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zia Lee is cool though, but you know, it, where are they going to go, I guess? I think it's. It's interesting. I want to see it play out, but I just think the transformation of Zaylee has been awesome, like physical transformation. She looks incredible. Um, but I have so many questions about the storyline, like who came up with it, all, all this. But for now, I just want to see how, how it plays out. But I did not think that the mark in her hand was should really like strike fear 
in the heart of Kiss Cat Tower. It was wash off. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's just like the washing hands, and she should be washing her hands every like two minutes. So, I mean, how do you, I, I'm I'm intrigued how she's going to purge someone. <laughs> like, yes, that was an interesting choice of word. That is a that is a choice, uh, without a doubt. Oh, Uptown Avondale speaking blasphemy in the comments. Pat McAfee is a tool, Steph. No, <laughs> just that's not no. even a. That's that's just untrue. <laughs> it's just factually incorrect, is what that is. Yeah. Um, no, uh, yeah, it means moving along on the NXT card. The next thing was the segment we spoke about a little bit earlier. Um, Beth Phoenix, always good to see Beth on TV, um, was presiding over the trophy ceremony. MSK looking all excited about their big win. We had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, of course, facing off with Nia Jax and. Um, Shayna Baszler. It seems like March 3rd is the night for these tag title challenges. I wonder, so, why. I wonder yeah, why. I wonder why they're doing that. And uh, and Josiah Williams had a song and a video package for Cameron Grimes. Showed once again Cameron Grimes having the time of his life, chucking away Lamborghinis and things now, apparently. Um, so, yeah. Well, we, we already spoke about that a little bit. It's just kind of moving things along. We, we know what we're getting now with the tag title matches. I actually thought it might have been cool to have the women's tag title match this Sunday. But... Well, no, Alex, because this is a joke to them, as you saw <laughs> back it was presented. Like, yeah. that shot of MSK and Beth Phoenix with the popcorn... Like I, I don't know why you would do that. Why you why you would do that? Like imagine all the things you could do with Beth Phoenix. Like, do you know what I mean? On TV. Like, and then they're like, Yeah, so anyway, now we're gonna have you and MSK and you're like, you know, you're gonna eat popcorn. Wouldn't be surprised if this is another one of Edge's creative ideas. <laughs> so I'll win the rumble and then Beth, you eat some popcorn. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, record. yeah, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Um, moving along, then Kashida, love Kashida. Um, got back up on the horse and he beated, uh, he beated that's not even a word. He defeated Tyler Rust via uh submission, which was nice. It was actually, I think it was quite a nice match to be honest. Tyler Rust keeps showing us a lot more. Malcolm Bivens being on TV is always okay with me as well. Um, the good thing about this step is that it seems like Kashida is like, you know, he's not. Had his takeover and now he's going to fall away. He's getting back up in there. I hope so. I thought. I hope so. I mean, the takeover booking was terrible. <laughs> I thought the point. I, I'm not going to do it, but that match was laid out so badly. That match was not laid out to make you think highly of Kushida uh, at all. <laughs> like mm. Johnny Gargano suddenly turned into this like great wrestling machine during it after everything. It's just. It's so weird, but I, I felt sorry for Kushida. I, I I said this on the night. I thought it was Kushida's like moment. Um, I was a bit disappointed that it wasn't, but you know, yeah. I, I have I have hopes that he will. Even if it's not the North American, like you could easily plug him into the main picture, but not right now because it's so crowded with the undisputed era story. So I don't know how it's going to play out, but I really hope he doesn't just fall by the wayside. Like he needs to make an impression. You know, really dethrone Gargano, I guess. Um, next was Zoe Stark. We talked about that debut. 
very good. Uh, short little exhibition for her. Then, of course, we had Pete Dunne, Lorcan and Birch versus Finn, Kyler Riley, and Ronnie Strong in the main event. I mean, I don't need to get too deeply into this. I, I Just by telling you the names that were involved, it was good, right? <laughs> like, the action was, of course, good. Um, it was more about the show closing angle, which we've already touched on. So, um, you know, all in all, uh, again, I would say, I would actually agree with Steph wholeheartedly this week. Normally I'm like, well, you know, NXT had a great match. I would say the women's match was probably my favourite and Dynamite would have uh, edged it, is a generous way of saying that they won. Um, What about you, Steph? Dare I ask? Well, I thought that the booking on NXT was logical and sensical. No, <laughs> Dynamite was the winner by far. <laughs> yes, I, I would by concur. Far. I would concur. Uh, let's get to the uh, ultra chats that we have left. We've got three, uh, four of them. So we've got two minutes. Oh, uh, Kevin. Hey, guys. Hope you're all well. Is there a specific reason why NXT can have fans, but main roster shows can't um i do believe now this i might be dated on this but this is what they originally said when the capital wrestling center came out these are all fans that are like members of family and friends and they've all been tested so it's pretty much the same fans from what i understand week in week out um they're not just like opening tickets up i i I might be wrong steph but as far as i'm aware you can't just walk up and get in there Yeah, that's how I thought it was, that it was these uh, friends and family types. Yeah, so that would explain that. Uh, WrestleScope, if Shayna's solar push does not start by June, it won't happen. They've wasted a year of what could have been a great run. And yes, Steph, Thunder Rosa is the best with like four exclamation points. Um, I know what you mean when you're saying the June thing, because obviously we've got to get what we've got to get out of the way at Mania. And then Mm. things open up again. It's like, what are you going to do? Um, there probably is a bit of a time window for Shayna Baszler, if we're honest, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, there is. Um, I mean, I see her next feud probably big feud being with Nia Jax, and I don't think that's going to be very great, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> really, <Yeah. laughs> uh, Nia Jax isn't great. Best thing that could happen to Shayna would be Wanda coming back and Wanda saying, I'm giving my friend a match. Yeah, or or them winning the tag titles too. Like, you know, whatever. Just give us something. Like, you know, that pairing would work. Uh, Hey, Alex and Steph from Matty. What an amazing Wednesday of wrestling. Sting is back and the ending to NXT was amazing. Can't wait for the eventual takeover, Matt. Steph, you said last week that Seth can change. Seth Rollins. uh, Your opinion on him. So how does the... (laughs) Oh, God. How does the Fiend... Change your opinion. These are two very different questions of Rollins and The Fiend, by the way. But there you go, Steph. There's your question. Uh, Where'd you start? <laughs> I just I just can feel the um, hate I'll get for whatever answer I can hear. I can feel it wrongfully. No. Uh, the Fiend in this incarnation um, can't. Wyndham Rotunda could, um, if he went back to more of the old school Bray Wyatt character. But this, this the theme, no. Um, though, I tell you who I'd love to return, his brother. 
He's sitting around doing nothing, by the way. It's it's unbelievable. Like this, so this week there was a lot of reports on like what's why is Bo Dallas not at TV and or not you know on TV and I've been I've been thinking about Bo Dallas. I feel like every day for the past like what two years now because we haven't seen him. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was so like fun fact, especially for everyone that thinks I have something against uh, Mr. Rotunda. I've been to many, many wrestling shows in my life, too many to count. Only one time have I ever made a sign to bring to a wrestling show. And that sign said, Believe. Ah, there you have it. I mean, I've said this for years, I feel like, even since like, since like the Wyatt family. Yeah. Like, why is Bo Dallas not in there? Like, it's all the yeah. logical sense in the world, you know, the family, I don't know, like, to me, for The Fiend, the way, like, you know how he's kind of trying to, like, avenge these people that have wronged him? I hope there's one day where he, like, gets a satisfactory amount of revenge and, like, The Fiend <laughs> perishes and Bray Wyatt is born again. Like, I don't know. That'd be the way you get past The Fiend, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Bo Dallas was honestly, like, the first kind of NXT casualty. He was booked so strong in NXT, came up to the main roster. And then, Whoa. and this is what we've had for NXT people ever since. But I, th I think he, he was great. He's, he seems like he has such a good personality. And if you can't, if you can't find anything creatively for Bo Dallas, you might need to get some new creative. Yeah. Like in two years, like Jesus Christ, yeah. what are you doing? Uh, it is insane. Like, uh, uh, you know, you, you said that. I remember when they gave him like a four-week stretch on Raw where he was squashing people just because they wanted him to face some guy on a Japanese tour, which he eventually lost. Uh, it, yeah. you know, and it was just like... It's crazy. Give, give the guy a break. God damn it. It's um, also so... Well, I, I was just going to say, it's so weird that his character was like this motivational speaker. His brother is playing a cult leader and they like never... No one ever thought of doing a storyline where, like, overly, like, optimistic, smiley Bo Dallas ended up being taken in by the Wyatt family, considering he looks exactly like their leader. Yeah. And he was a beard and a wig. Like, come on. But I feel like if, if they have nothing for him, then just do the right thing and let the guy go. Because I think that he has, if he got released, he'd have the opportunity to really turn things around. He's got insane charisma as well, just yeah. like his brother. He's got really great charisma. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's making me mad to think about it. The Zorniste says, <laughs> I wish I could think of a hot take, but let's just say I don't want Sting to wrestle. He is my favourite wrestler since his feud with the NWO, but I don't want to lose fond memories like it happened with The Undertaker. You are the best. Oh, the Zorniste, we thank you for your uh, appreciation. I understand what you're saying, you know, um, I mean, the, the Undertaker. The end of his career was, yeah. I mean, hit and miss would be a generous thing to say. I don't think I lost yeah. any love or respect for him as a result. You know, I, I can only imagine how hard it must be to walk away from something you've been doing for thirty years or whatever, and you want that perfect ending. And when he felt like he got it, then he went. Um, Sting didn't get a perfect ending by any stretch. If I, I can, I, I can almost understand that he would want the chance to, you know, same as Edge in many ways, just kind of 
15, 10, 15 years difference. He wants to be able to do it on his own terms. I can understand that. I can understand why he's in AEW because I think that Sting, um, he's he's just never really gotten the right platform given to him correctly as a wrestling legend. I don't think he's ever got, got that. I don't think... I don't, uh, let's not talk about the WrestleMania match <laughs> at all. <laughs> what happened no, there? Don't, don't forget, Steph, they had to make Triple H look strong for the match with The Rock in a year that never happened. Don't forget about that. <laughs> so I, I can see why Sting is doing this. I think that Sting, he must have a, a deep love for the business still that makes him want to do this because it's so easy to pick up a Legends contract. Um, I don't think that him doing this match... Hopefully, it won't ruin his memories or his legacy. I think the thing that had the biggest chance of doing that was his match with Triple H. And I'm sure deep down he knows what a bad decision that was. But I can see the, like, Sting was one of my favorite wrestlers um, as well. And I can see, like, the, the worry about it. But I think he's going to be fine. It's not going to be like when Shawn Michaels did that Saudi Arabia match, which is, oh. I think, the ultimate someone like ruining what the, like the legacy like sean is in my like top three wrestlers of all time when he did that match i just thought you have um you have just taken money that i'm sure you don't need and this is you're being driven by greed which is interesting, you know, given Shawn Michaels' character, that he was just driven by greed. And then when he had that moment in the match where he said, like, oh, I'm too old for this, it, like, hit him what he had done wrong. And I think at least, at least he was man enough to admit that he made it maybe the worst decision of his career. Yeah, I mean, that was crazy as well, because he did so well. Like, he was, like, he was retired for, like, eight years, something before yeah. that. Like, you'd already yeah. done the hardest part. You'd walked away from all of these matches that Vin... You know, in the WWE, they've said this. They, like, pestered him every year, going, well, you could do this. And he always, always turned them down. And that makes me think, Jesus, the amount of money they must have offered him for that Saudi Arabia one must have been insane. And, like... It must have been crazy. I know we've said about, you know, I, I consider uh, Michaels in that top three as well. And then I see him bald. And I was just like, oh, man, like, you're bald. You're, you're, yeah, you've been... Ah. Oh. Man, come on, just 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 leave it where it was, Sean. Uh, anyway, I won't. There's no need to talk about Sean Michaels' hair any longer. We run over. <laughs> Can I say the answer to that is Sting will not be as bad as Sean Michaels. Yeah, or his ball, or his ball. There you go. Um, so, thank you so much to everyone who has joined us tonight on Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. Steph Chase, as usual, I thank you for your great services alongside me. I tell the people once again. Because they, you know, Steph, Steph's audience is growing week on week right now. So give people another chance to hop aboard the train. Yeah, Twitter, Stephanie Antius, as it says uh, up above me, and on oh. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube, um, Stephanie Chase Wrestling. Join me on Friday nights to talk about AW. It's really fun, um, and the the commu little community inner circle is really growing. And um, stay tuned to my YouTube every Tuesday night where I do Dynamite previews as well. Yes. Uh, somebody did say down here, no hot takes again. Boo. Listen, if people don't send them in, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start making a plea for them, I think, on Wednesday nights to give everyone like a day to get me a video. Yeah. Um, so 
they are my favorite part of the show when people tackle Steph with a good old fashioned hot take. But as Steph says, make sure you follow her on all those platforms. Her AEW review show, which is on Fridays, right? Yeah, on Fridays at eleven thirty PM UK time. Make sure you get hooked up on those. And make sure you catch her here every Thursday, 8 p.m. I'll be back tomorrow with Louis Dangor at 8 p.m. to sum up the news for another week of Wrestling Daily. But until then, have a good night, everybody, and take care. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.